Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the Buckswire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Buckswire editor, Luke Easterling. We need TV! And he slips through, breaks free, Leonard Fournette! What a gut punch from Tampa Bay! A body blow from Leonard Fournette! And there it is. The Tampa Bay Bucks get their first win of the season, 31-17. And Luke, I, I read your stuff after the game, and you called this an identity game for the Bucks, and I, and I really like uh, that take. You know, the fact that they get out to the big lead, they let an inferior opponent back in it. In the past, that would probably be their downfall. We'd probably be talking about something different right now. But this version of the Bucks made plays in all three phases late to kind of salt that one away. You know, talk about your take there and, and how big of a victory this really was for the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it was, Ryan. It was a game that if you have followed this team for any real length of time, you know, if you're somebody like me who has been born and raised in this area and you kind of have seen the way this franchise has had its, you know, small bursts of success in the late 70s and then, you know, in the late 90s. But when this team has struggled, particularly in recent memory, we're talking the last decade, a little more. They, they haven't been haven't won a playoff game since the Super Bowl. They haven't been to the playoffs since 2007. These are the types of games where they prove Time and time again, the Bucks are still the same old Bucks. You know, they, they get out to a big lead, they make big plays and, and give you that hope, and then they let, no matter who it is, but it, when it is an inferior opponent, it is that playing down to the competition, something the Bucks have just done so much of over their history, and you could feel it start to happen. And I, I point back to a game late last season where it was a similar situation. They they went up big on Detroit on the road uh, in the first half and then slowly let Detroit without Matt Stafford. I think David Blau was their quarterback <laughs> in that game or bluff. I don't even know how to pronounce yeah, I know, it. That's blah, how I you know, whatever I it was. No yeah. yeah blah, David blow. No offense, David, not no offense. I just didn't know, but that, you know, that game started to get away from them. And I think Detroit had gotten within, you know, maybe a score or, or two and they were driving again early in the fourth quarter. And Sean Murphy Bunting, rookie corner, made the play. He made the kind of play that Rondé Barber would make. He made the kind of play that Derek Brooks would make in the, the Bucks' glory days. When they needed a play, they shut the door. And that was an identity game for that team in the same way as that they made a play that they don't make to win a game that they don't win. And that's what the Bucks did in week two against the Panthers. And like you said, they did it in all three phases. They needed plays. In all three phases, they needed the interception from Carlton Davis in the fourth quarter, which they got a big play to turn the tide as the, the Panthers were coming back. They got a, a field goal, which, again, in, in Tampa Bay Buccaneers lore, no <laughs> kick. No kick is safe. There is no kick on the planet that is safe. So when, you're, when your kicker goes five for five with four extra points and he hits a field goal that stretches that lead from two from one score to two, 
with just a few minutes left. You get the onside kick, and then the offense finishes it with a knockout blow. This is a team that in that situation would have, you know, failed to get, get the first down, had to punt the ball away, put their defense back on the field with a, with a minute and a half left, and, team, you know, fans would be praying that the other team would do something wrong to lose the game because they couldn't have faith in the Bucks to do to make the play to win the game. And that is what they did in all three phases. They got the pick, they got the field goal, and then Leonard Fournette puts it away with that long touchdown run to finish it off. This is a new Bucks team, and that is why. It's not necessarily about Tom Brady. It's not as much about those guys that take the headlines. It's about execution. It's about making plays when they have to be made to win the game. That's what the Bucs did yesterday, and that's why they're a different team this year. Yeah, and I know. I, I almost wish I was watching the game with a Bucks fan because you're up 21 nothing at the half. Third quarter, you get the turnover right away. You just feel like it's blowout city here, and then, you know, and then it just starts to happen, and it's like, you know, the interception the Panthers touchdown and then here we go and then the Panthers get back in with, within seven early and you just you almost feel it coming but for me I keep going back to this I feel like I go back to this every show we do Luke it's the defense I love the Tampa Bay defense they're super underrated and maybe not so much anymore they forced four turnovers in this game they were sacking Teddy Bridgewater all over the place held the Panthers and Christian McCaffrey to 87 rushing yards right I mean this team this defense is for real and Brady keeps alluding to it too he keeps giving them credit he's like hey we got to catch up to those guys I mean that's that's been a big story right now it is man and, and we've talked about this a couple weeks ago I think that if the Bucks are going to go to the Super Bowl it's going to have probably more to do with the defense than Tom Brady uh, because that's just something that they've struggled with so much over the past you know really the past decade they, they haven't had a consistent defense they can get off the field on third downs they can make the big plays and this is the biggest difference between last week and this week if you looked at just the yardage that tampa bay gave up on defense against the saints you're looking at that box score and you're like how the heck did these guys give up 34 points how did they you know how did the bucks lose this game when drew Brees only threw for a buck 60 alvin kamara is averaging less than two yards a carry michael thomas has three catches for 17 yards how do they lose this game it's because they didn't have those splash plays it was because yes the offense turned the ball over yes they had mental errors on special teams that contributed but they didn't make their own plays to to balance those things out so yeah the, the bucks offense had two turnovers of their own in this game but it didn't matter because the defense forced four and the defense got after the quarterback and defense made plays when they were supposed to and that's that's what you're supposed to do with a defense you erase your offense's mistakes by making a bigger play when you're on the field and that's what they did again go back to last week they shut down those big name guys for the saints but no takeaways and one sack this week four takeaways five sacks and again, big plays in big moments when they needed them. They got the first takeaway on the first Carolina possession, which was deep in Bucks territory. They were driving. And it looked like we were going to you know, be in for a shootout and a slugfest. Jordan Whitehead comes up with a big diving interception. Great play by him. And then they got it on, on one of the last drives when they needed it, and they got a big takeaway. So, so much to be excited about. Antoine Winfield, the rookie with the big sack fumble. I mean, this kid is, is going to be a, a terror in this defense. He's such a perfect fit. Should have been a first-round pick. Uh, so much for the Bucks to be excited about, for the fans to be excited about. You know, Mike Evans said it yesterday. You, you you never get too high or too low. I don't think the Bucks are as bad as they looked in Week One. They may not be as good as they looked on Sunday, especially in the first half and in those key moments. But it's definitely a lot to build on, and it feels a lot better uh, to be one and one to win your home opener going into Week Three than it does to be zero and two. I want to throw a couple fantasy football questions your way relative to the Bucks, but first let's get our fantasy advice from Corey Bonini of thehuddle.com. We'll be right back. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. 
sit him, start him. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from thehuddle.com. Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about strong plays for Week 3. Chicago Bears quarterback Mitchell Trubisky against the Atlanta Falcons. The matchup is brilliant, and Atlanta's offense could put Chicago in a pass-happy situation. Trubisky may make mistakes like we saw last week with two interceptions, but he should be able to take advantage on the outside with his strong wide receivers. Deion Lewis takes over for Saquon Barkley at least for this week. Devontae Freeman looks like he'll be the guy going forward, but he's coming off the street and doesn't know the playbook. San Francisco is so beaten up on both sides of the ball right now that the Giants should be able to stay in the game late enough to continue running the football. If not, Lewis is a capable receiver out of the backfield as well. Jaguars wide receiver Keelan Cole has the eye of quarterback Gardner Minshew and he has a fine matchup against the banged up Miami secondary. And furthermore, DJ Chark is banged up himself, which could mean more work for Cole if the injury is aggravated during the contest. Look for him to make it three games in a row with a touchdown to open the 2020 season. And finally, Cincinnati tight end Drew Sample. He's a second year player who will fill in for CJ Uzama who was lost for the year after a torn Achilles tendon last week. Samples on nine targets last week, catching seven of them, but for only 45 yards. That's a product of having a rookie quarterback who's not willing to take as many chances downfield. Last week, Tyler Higby scored three touchdowns, and Logan Thomas had one in week one on only nine total catches against the Eagles in 2020 by tight ends. For more fantasy football information, check out thehuddle.com. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Tom, just wanted to get your general thoughts on getting your first win as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Well, it feels good to win, and uh, it's going to feel good to watch the film and learn. And uh, it's a long season. we got a tough game ahead on the road. Uh, we didn't do very well in our first road game, and we're going to have to do really well this, this time to beat this team. So uh, it's a different environment, tough environment for playing, and we gotta, we're going to have to go play our best game. We'll get into that game a little bit, Luke. But first, I had a couple fantasy football questions, including Leonard Fournette having a little game. What a signing for the Bucks! there. He looks good. And really, when you look at his game compared to Ronald Jones, there, there might be something going here. He had more carries, yards, touchdowns, catches than, than Jones did. He had the big touchdown at the end. So what kind of what kind of committee or what kind of thing is brewing here in the uh, Bucks backfield from a fantasy perspective, in your opinion? Yeah, it's, it's going to continue to be a strange one, I think, especially this year. You know, Bruce Arians talked a, a very big game all offseason about how Rojo was their guy. Ronald loves Jones Rojo. Be, he does, man. And I, and I get it. There's a lot to like there, but you also have to understand what's actually happening on the field. And I think in an ideal world, what Bruce will probably do is since he was so adamant about Rojo being, quote unquote, the starter, we'll probably continue to see Ronald Jones taking those early down opportunities, especially early in the game. He'll start in the games. But what what you're going to see is Leonard Fournette is going to be the closer. He's going to be the guy that they bring in. Again, this is a guy, and Leonard said this after the game, he said that he's never been in a situation really in his entire football career where he can come in later in the game and be fresh mm. and, and really take advantage of guys. He, he gets 95% of the carries in most of the offenses he's ever been in, going back to LSU 
and obviously in Jacksonville. So this is an opportunity for him, especially with his style of play. He's a big, powerful, explosive, north-south, downhill runner. Think about, I mean, I don't compare, I don't like to compare these guys, but think about the way Mike Allstott would break down defenses late in games because the Bucks also had Warwick Dunn, who was a very talented running back. And obviously those two have a, a, a long way to go before they can be mentioned in, in that breath in terms of Buccaneer lore. But that was the style. You would have to chase around Warwick Dunn all the time and then you'd, you'd have to bounce off of six foot 250 Mike Allstott in the fourth quarter. Nobody wanted a piece of that. So I think if the Bucks are smart, they'll continue to approach this in a, in a true committee fashion. But if you're looking for a Bucks back who's going to get you, you know, the best bang for your buck, pun completely intended, um, <laughs> it's going to be Fournette. And, and just because of what you saw Sunday, he's going to, you know, make the most of his opportunities in general just because of his skill set. But he's also probably going to get most of his opportunities after the defense has had to deal with Ronald Jones for a little bit, had to deal with a little bit of LaShawn McCoy on yeah. third downs and have to chase all those other weapons around in the passing game. Then you throw, you know, six foot, 230, 4440 guy. Uh, in there in, in Leonard Fournette, and now you have to stop that bowling ball. Like it, He's just going to be able to face weaker defenses that are more tired, and he's going to be fresh for maybe the first time in his football career. So I think the fact that you saw less than four yards a carry two weeks in a row from Ronald Jones, and yesterday we saw 8.6 yards per carry, obviously helped by the big touchdown, but he's going to continue to put those numbers up on a per-carry basis because those defense just are going to be worn down. And then another one I had for you, Luke, is you know Tom Brady throughout his career has loved the tight end. It has not been a great start for Gronk. He just hasn't looked great out there. He recovered an onside kick, right? So that was a good, that was a good thing. But he's had a real slow start. And even O.J. Howard, I, he got started against me this week in my league, and uh, that, that was good for me. O.J. had a kind of a, a you know a lame game as well. Uh, but what's your take on Gronk and his maybe his slow start here? Uh, my take is that Bruce Arians doesn't give a crap about your fantasy life. Uh, <laughs> well, come on, he Bruce. does not care. Uh, it's and again this we did this whole song and dance last year, man. And in, in Bruce's first season, you know, everybody on one side of the argument was like, look at his track record, Bruce's track record, and see how much he just doesn't use the tight end in the passing game. And then the 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 glass half full people were like, yeah, but he's never had a tight end like O.J. Howard. He's never had a guy with that you know athleticism and that speed and that size and all this thing. So obviously he's smart enough to. You know, to use a guy like that, Bruce, at this point in his career, ain't changing for nobody. Um, maybe a little bit for Tom Brady and maybe incorporating some of that stuff and that collaborative effort with the offense that we've talked about all offseason. But, mm -hmm. man, in terms of the way he wants to distribute the football in the passing game, he wants his tight ends to block yeah. more than anything. And, and again, we talk about Gronk as, as one of the greatest, if not the greatest, pass-catching tight end of all time in terms of production and, and mismatches. We talk about O.J. Howard, who's a ridiculous athlete, but those two guys work really well in this offense, not because of what they can do to stretch the field and make big plays in the passing game, but because they're both really, really good run blockers in particular. And, you know, Gronk has always been a great blocker throughout his career. O.J. Howard really didn't get a lot of chances to catch the ball at Alabama because they ran the ball so much. But what it did do was make him a very well-rounded player who can block and who can do it at a very high level. So when we talk about Bruce Arians doesn't use the tight ends, he uses them a lot and he uses them in important ways, just not ways uh, that will help your fantasy team whatsoever. So uh, if, if you're looking for those guys to break out, trust me, go back and look at O.J. Howard all year last year. They waited for it. It never happened. It's not happening now. 
if you spent an early pick on Gronk, God bless your heart, uh, but I just don't think it's going to work. Bruce literally said, I think it was today or, or yesterday, that you know we're not going to throw to the tight end 50 times a game. That's what we have wide receivers for. So that, I think that tells you all you need to know about how much he does not care about feeding the ball to his tight ends in the passing game. So there you go. All, all you with Gronk in your fantasy lineups, Bruce doesn't care. And maybe you should get rid of Gronk. All right, let's get back to talking real football here. The Bucks are going to face a broken Broncos team next week. We'll get into that coming up here on the Bucks Wire podcast. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Esther McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast, and I'm joined by my colleague, Jeff Clark. Here's what you need to know to bet the Week 3 Monday Night Football matchup in the NFL's Game of the Year between the Kansas City Chiefs and Baltimore Ravens. The Chiefs are plus 155 underdogs on the money line. Jeff, that's right. The Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, plus 155 underdogs. The Baltimore Ravens are laying three and a half points at home. I'm going to go against the grain, against the public here. Give me the Ravens, minus three and a half, to win by at least four points. Oh, man. I want to push back and just take the Chiefs at the money line. You said plus 155. That's enticing. But if you're going to give me the three points, I'll take it. Has Patrick Mahomes ever gotten three and a half points? I'm pretty sure not, Eston. Uh, the defending Super Bowl champions. There's going to be no fans there at the M&T Baked Stadium in Baltimore. And they have one of the better home crowd advantages, which is going to be neutered because of the unfortunate situation right now. I'll take the dog uh, Super Bowl champion Chiefs at plus three and a half. I'm on Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Check out Sportsbook Wire for more with all odds from BetMGM Sportsbook. Subscribe to Bet Slippin' Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Luke, when I look at this game, Denver's without their quarterback, Drew Locke, their top wide receiver, Cortland Sutton, and their best defensive player in Vaughn Miller. And meanwhile, the Buccaneers are getting back Chris Godwin. Well, we assume. I know he cleared the concussion protocol. So on paper... This thing looks like it's setting up real nice for the Bucks. although, as we heard in that clip earlier, Brady was uh, downplaying that and talking about how tough it is to play in Denver. But they're going over there as six-point road favorites. What do you think about this one? You know, we talked earlier about the identity game. You know, the Bucks just had. We talked about how Bucks fans, you know, would react to, you know, a team coming back in the second half with this, like, just resigned, like, I've seen this song and dance before. This is the same way Bucks fans are going to feel going into this game because they've seen this before on paper it's all in the bag you know all everything points to seems like a a bucks win and a probably a comfortable one and that's exactly why bucks fans will be skeptical all the way till the final whistle uh because this is exactly the kind of game that in the past the bucks find a way to let it get away so i think i think this is another opportunity as much as the first game of the season was an identity game for the Bucks to kind of show them, hey, this is how far we still have to go, even within ourselves, just to, to work together and to learn our own selves, but also to, to match up with a team like the Saints, who's won the division three years in a row. You know, last week was a, was proof that, listen, when you play bad teams, you should dominate and, and beat them. 
this week is another opportunity. When you go in and you face a team that's ravaged by injuries, that's missing their best players, that doesn't have their starting quarterback, you thump them. You prove that that's not a threat to you. You are not going to have a trap game. You're not going to, you got to be mentally tough enough to go in there and handle your business and, and, and beat the snot out of that team, basically. So the Bucks are going to have to prove this week that, again, they are not the Bucks teams of the recent past. They are a new team that is mentally tough enough to go into a situation where they absolutely should win and take care of business and, and do it emphatically. So, you know, everything points to that, like I said. Uh, but execution is going to be key. They're going to have to not read the press clippings, and they're going to have to take care of business. For one thing, Luke, I would love to see Brady stop throwing interceptions. That'd be nice. You know that he's he's never been a big interception guy. He's been throwing picks a lot here, and I w- I would love to see more of the same from last week with the Bucks really cutting back on their penalties and their especially their pre snap stuff and their, just the stupid stuff that we saw in Week One. Only five penalties last week. That's a good thing. Thirty seven yards. That's a good thing. Like if the Bucks can not penalize themselves and stop throwing interceptions and turning it over, I have a hard time seeing the Broncos stick in this game. But the penalty piece and the turnover piece. If they just take care of that, talent alone should uh, suffice, I would think. You know, I mean, that's been Bruce's slogan all this time is is Bucks beating Bucks. You can't have that. You can't mm. beat yourselves. You have to make the other team beat you. And, you know, this is a situation where the Bucks will have to be pretty bad to let a team like the Broncos in the state they're in go and beat them. But uh, again, that's why mental toughness in this game is just as important as what you do physically. You have got to go into this opportunity to see a winning streak, to see a, a big road win against a, an out-of-conference team, to see you know another game that's probably going to be nationally televised, 425 on Fox, I believe. This is an opportunity to to show te- you know the NFL that we are much more the team you saw in week two than we are the team you saw in week one. We're improving, we're moving in the right direction, and we're not going to slip up against teams that we absolutely should beat. You know, the, the Bucks can't be in the conversation with those playoff teams. They can't, we can't talk about what they can do against Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City later in the season. We can't talk about what they're going to do against Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers in a couple of weeks here unless they take care of business against teams like Carolina and Denver. So this is, again, just a long this will go a long way toward the bucks proving to everyone that again they're moving forward they're becoming a better team and this is not what what fans are used to man i'm looking forward to your coverage on the bucks wire have a great week hey you too man can't wait to see those pewter uniforms let's go oh, let's do it let's do it i love it all right thanks for joining us we will be back next week to break this one down bucks broncos here on the bucks wire podcast we'll talk to you then This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.